Hi, I'm Holly. And I'm Danielle. And this is the Spooky Hour. Boots and cats and boots. (laughs) (laughs) Same time. (laughs) Thank you. Hello. Happy Monday, everybody. Yeah, I'm sorry the weekend's over. I'm very sorry the weekend's over already, even though it's Friday. I'm still sorry. Yeah, we like being <laughs> we like being transparent. We always record Friday nights, so we we do, and that's just how we do it. And and so we're we- actually just time traveling wizards. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have a cool little update. Well, not cool, but I mean fascinating little update. Uh, we posted in our Instagram stories this week, but we wanted to talk a little bit more to it. Not too long. Uh, Christine Jessup, who we car- carried, we covered on this show four weeks ago. Four mm-hmm. weeks ago, I went back and looked. They have just solved her murder. Yep. Yesterday was it? Yesterday? Yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah. After thirty some odd years, um, it Crazy. was the most one of the most notorious cold cases in Canada, and it is no longer cold. It is a closed case, thanks um, to uh, genetics and yeah. So they, they didn't say it straight out, but they sort of uh, hinted that it was another one of those, like, ancestry DNA type situations. Yep. Um, similar to the Golden State Killer. And this is exactly what I wanted. I want more of this. Yep. Uh, keep digging. Keep putting your DNA out there, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Basically, um, they um, used what they found in Christine's underwear, like the DNA, and they sent it to a lab in the States because apparently they don't have one in Canada. So it can only be done in the States. Mm -hmm. So they sent it to the States. And with that, it's not like an automatic match. They're just like, oh, this is the person. Like, that's not how it worked. They they were able to build like two family tree sort of things. And then they sent it back to the Toronto police. And then they did their work based on that. So it's not like this, what they sent automatically gave them somebody. So they did the work and they ended up finding someone in that tree that was associated with the Jessup family. Yeah. And, and then some lab had the guy's blood and they were able to test that and it was a positive match. So unfortunately, the downside of this finding is that the killer, who I didn't even look up his name. His <laughs> name is Chris Hoover. Thank you. Chris Hoover. Uh, he uh, Does it no matter died... what his name? Go fuck yourself. Yeah, that's why I didn't bother looking it up. Uh, he committed suicide back in 2015, which... I mean, screams omission of guilt to me or, you know what I mean? Admittance of guilt. I can't English right now. It's been a long week. Um, But you know what the kicker is about that? Is he, like, when when the cops, like the Toronto police, they did a a live broadcasting of it and they showed his picture. It was a fucking mugshot. So he was in the system. Yeah, he was in the system. So. Um, (laughs) So unfortunately, he's not alive to see proper justice, but at least... You know, the family has some closure. Yeah. A little bit of closure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, this just, it blew my mind because we just covered this case. I know. And we were just <laughs> was, talking about the way um, the Golden State was Yeah, exactly. And captured. how excited I am for this new technology. Yeah. Um, so that I, it, it's been a good true crime week. It um, has. It's always weird when you get news like this because it's obviously, you know, it's not a good thing, but it's, it, it's great that they're catching them. Yeah. Exactly. So again, just, you know, know that we're insensitive people. It's in our nature, but we are trying our best. Um, so yeah, it turns out that he, he worked with the father. He was known to the family and he's a disgusting piece of shit. The end. 
and but oh i gotta add something to that oh yeah because we we met you mentioned how fucked up and how bad the freaking um case went back when this did happen when she did go missing oh yeah and you guys so they knew about him and he was in the files and he was just never named a suspect yeah so he wasn't a suspect um i don't even think he was like an official person of interest but yeah. i think what the story is is like someone was like oh i don't like this guy he he has he makes me uneasy so like the police had notes on him or something yeah he was in the they did say that he was part of the case he was in, yeah in, not that he was involved but they they knew about him so it was again sloppy police work um but like i said in the episode from what the townspeople were saying is that these cops just cared so much about this family that they were just like the first guy that they had a slight inkling about they were like arrest him so i don't think it was you know ill-intended but messy nonetheless i mean Um, if you're gonna wrongly convict somebody it's ill-intended i'm sorry (laughs) fair fair um but yeah he he was wrongly convicted he actually put out a statement as well and danielle and i were just talking about it before we started recording i think it's a little bit tasteless for him to put out a statement but at the same time i guess he is a victim in this case as well in a roundabout way and also like the fact that they reached out to him like what he's gonna if he doesn't say anything then it's kind of like well you're that asshole or he's like yeah basically he can't do anything right in my eyes (laughs) But so it was solved and he's the guy who did it is fucking dead. So incredible news. Like it's just it blew my mind. It's Danielle uh, watched it for me because I was working a trade show and I was just like freaking out the whole time. It's been a week. Yeah. Um, and with that, uh, we just have one reminder before we get into things. Uh, if you haven't seen, we have a contest running on our Instagram page. We do. Which is at Spooky Hour Podcast. Spooky Hour Podcast. right one day i'll remember our social medias one day um (laughs) i only run them Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh so we have a contest up you'll see it a couple posts back and i will keep sharing it in the stories you could win our first ever piece of merch yeah we got some cute little beanies for you um i'm sorry if you live in like california or something where it's like irrelevant but they're cute okay (laughs) uh so make sure you enter to win um i wanted it to be a a costume contest and we did get some costumes which i'm very excited about so if you want to keep posting this please do because i'm enjoying it but there's another easier way to enter as well yep check it out on our instagram yeah and with that Let's, time to get spooky time to get spooky we're gonna jump into it because we got a really long episode for you guys i know we do yeah i'm sorry it's my fault <laughs> it's also my fault mine ended up being a lot longer than i thought it was gonna be oh really <laughs> so it's gonna let's just go we'll, we'll jump into it now oops <laughs> um so i wanted to do kind of like a monster that is i well like not a monster like a creature that's like associated with halloween whether that's like a vampire or a werewolf or something like that yeah um and everyone freaking talks about count dracula so i was like i'm not gonna do count dracula so i went to the next best one the next best one um so we're gonna talk about countess elizabeth bathory Um, she is better known as the blood countess so she was rumored to be a somewhat kind of vampire and the only other vampire that kind of like outshined her to this day is count dracula so if like yeah he didn't exist she would be number one um but she is also known to be one of the most prolific serial killers female serial killers out there so elizabeth was born august 7th 1560 her parents anna and george i believe it's six vi is six right Oh, fuck. I don't know. 
I'm pretty sure it is. So Roman numerals. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the Rocky movies. I'm pretty sure it's six. Oh, you're so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, so her parents, Anna and George the Sixth, so they were from like our noble family. So they ruled Transylvania within the king kingdom of Hungary. It said that Elizabeth was beautiful, extremely smart, and was highly educated. So she came from wealth and she lived in wealth. So her family was very much up there. Um, as a kid, Elizabeth was suffering from seizures. So they oh. believe, like today, they believe she might have had ap- epilepsy which could mm-hmm. have been caused by the inbreeding from her parents. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <Ooh>. how lovely. <laughs> Happy Monday, guys. Yeah. Time for some incest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, is there, like, every story from, like, the 1500s, there's obviously incest. Like, every single fucking time. Absolutely. It was all the rage. That's so gross. <laughs> um, so, they tried to cure her seizures by taking blood from somebody who didn't have seizures and rubbed their blood on elizabeth's lips um they also mixed it as some sort of like drinks like some sort of elixir and like made her drink it doctors in the 1500s ladies and gentlemen so that's apparently (laughs) what helped her i don't know um it obviously didn't fucking help but like at the same time all right that's gonna that's great great job that'll do it yep um so when elizabeth was wow when elizabeth was 10 she got engaged to fernick natasi Nadasi, whatever. <laughs> um, Fernick was from another wealthy aristocratic Hungarian family. Um, yeah. So the families decided that marrying these children would like strengthen their social status. Um, about two years later, Elizabeth was still not married. However, she ended up getting pregnant by a peasant boy in the village. Oh, scandalous. Yep, here for it. <laughs> um, so once the baby was born, it was sent somewhere else to live. The family wanted to like hide this and i quote like secret they didn't want people knowing um so elizabeth was basically like stripped of her rights to this child and this kid was sent off and no one knows what happened to it um now fernick her fiance apparently once he found out he had the peasant boy castrated and fed to either a pack of wolves or dogs wow yeah i think he was mad i think maybe just a little bit like i was shocked at the castration yeah (laughs) right (laughs) Um, so when Elizabeth was 15 in 1575, she married Fernick. He was 19 at the time. So now the Bathory name outranked Nadasi. So Fernick's last name. So Elizabeth just straight up refused to take his last name. So Elizabeth kept her last name and Fernick actually, um, added Bathory to her, his last name. Oh, I wonder if they're like one of the first to do that. I don't know. It's kind of interesting though. Um, so 4,500 people came to their wedding, small wedding, very small. Whoa. Yeah. Um, Fernick gave Elizabeth a castle as a wedding gift (laughs) and that's where they lived their life. Honestly, sign me up. Right. (laughs) Um, so Fernick ended up joining the war in 1578 and was commander in chief or chief commander, whatever it's called, of the Hungarian army. Um, during this, he was obviously like never at home. So Elizabeth was left in charge of the land, the estates and everything in between. Um, so she ended up having five children with Fernick. Um, cannot confirm if they were all his, but apparently they were. (laughs) Yeah. She does have a good track record. I I know. So, um, (gasps) when Fernick came home from the war for like visits, apparently he would teach Elizabeth how to like torture people. Like that was like their bonding experience. 
I don't know. It's really fucking adorable. Weird, right? Can't they just like watch paint dry? Like that's like Netflix at that time or something. <laughs> like get the, get a hobby other than torturing people. You're so funny. Uh-huh. So anywho, um, it's said that they would torture their servants. So these servants were mainly young girls. In 1601, Fernick started having problems with his legs and um, was like in, like ruling pain constantly. On January 4th, 1604, Fernick died. Um, oh. Yeah. So his exact death um, is unknown, but it's said that in 1603, um, he became like permanently disabled after falling ill, um, like after he fell ill in 1601 mm-hmm. with the leg problem. Um, so he deteriorated pretty quickly. Um, some people say that he might have had paralysis and that's how he passed. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were married for 29 years. However, what I found interesting is that he entrusted his, um, like his estate, his heirs and his like widow basically to this guy named Gregory Thuzo. Um, so just like keep that in mind. We'll, we'll talk about it a bit later. Okay. Um, and his name is spelled really weird. So I don't know if it's Gregory, but I'm g- freaking going with it. Okay, you guys. <laughs> so it's Gregory. Um, so when he, when Fernick passed away in 1604, rumors were already previously spreading about Elizabeth, but now they like really vamped up, um, about like her torturing her servants and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So because Elizabeth also spiraled after her husband's death, this is said to be the time that Elizabeth started killing her victims. So Mm. now a lot of these victims were lured to the castle with like a promise of work and a place to live. And since Elizabeth was killing so many of her servants, um, she started to not have any servants to actually work for her. So like she'd kill them and be like, fuck, I need another servant. So, um, (laughs) so she expanded her horizon a little bit and started murdering the girls that were sent to her castle to be educated on like proper social etiquette. Um, it's also said that she went as far to, as like kidnap girls. Um, so now with all these young girls, like going missing, Elizabeth came up with the excuse that these poor girls died of cholera. Of what? Cholera. What's that? It's like the, um, uh, I don't know. It's like, it's some type of disease that you get from like really bad water. Oh, and it like, okay. it's like in your okay. intestines it makes you shit yourself basically. Ugh. And then you die. Oh, yeah. you shit yourself to death. That's the worst way to go. Yeah. It's gross. But probably how I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't drink like lake water. You'll be fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, so she's supposed to be torturing these victims. And then once her husband died, that's when she started killing them. So it got pretty pretty gruesome um so now it was like extremely brutal what these young girls had to endure um according to reports some of these girls were burned with hot irons elizabeth would beat them to death with clubs um she would pour ice water over their naked bodies and leave them outside in the cold to freeze um and they were like yeah they were like tied up and everything she would also tie them up outside on hot sunny days and pour honey on them so the insects would like get what the fuck yeah and like bite them (laughs) Yeah, so she would also, this is where it gets like, I start freaking out about this. She would stick needles under their fingernails. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she would. Okay, if anyone has ever had acrylics, if no. you like hit one off of something real hard and like bend it, that's what I imagine it feels like. And I literally just felt that pain in my hand when you said <laughs> it. If you've had acrylics, you know what I mean. I don't know what you mean. I'm sorry. I just, I think it's gross. Like, ugh. it makes you shiver Um, yeah it's disgusting yeah so she would also sew their mouths shut and she would bite their flesh so she would bite the arms legs like anything she can get a hold of 
It's huh. yeah, yeah. It's weird. <laughs> um, apparently, her favorite torture method was apparently using scissors. So she would chop body parts off if needed, but she also liked to cut the slits in between their fingers. <sighs> she's so mean. Yeah, she's fucking vile. She's disgusting. Oh. Yeah. So her husband basically was like, "Let's torture these young girls that are our servants." And then once he died, she's like, "You know what? I'm not going to torture them anymore. I'm just going to fucking kill them. Torture them yeah. and kill them. Why not?" Yeah. So now what's real? Like what's fucked about this? Like because obviously it's not fucked up yet. Um, it said that Elizabeth would drain the blood from her victims and bathe in it. So she did this mm, in an attempt. Yep. Yeah, so she did this in an attempt to keep herself looking young, and this is where she got her name, the Blood Countess, and also kind of hinted at the fact that she might be a vampire. Mm-hmm. So um, it's also said that she did take part in cannibalism as well. Uh, of course, why not? Why not? <laughs> I mean, she's doing ev- literally everything else. Yeah. So why not? So now, oh God. yeah, it's really gross. So now rumors at this point were obviously going crazy within the village and the town. Um, people were terrified to sang- send any of these girls up to the castle to work. And these girls were between the ages of 10 and 14. They were very young. Um, and these talks of like Elizabeth being a vampire and a murderer got around like really quickly. And this started as soon as it happened, like in 1601, as soon as they like kind of started torturing their servants. Um this is where they started like word started spreading that she was like torturing her servants but then once she started killing them and they go missing and she's making up excuses for their death that's when it kind of just like really spread and everyone was just like what the fuck um so she was killing these kids for about six years before anything really got done about it um so word spread to the hungarian king matthias ii in the early years of when elizabeth first started killing a priest had actually complained about her in court and like very publicly in Mm -hmm. 1604 basically saying she was murdering these young girls um something needs to be done but it wasn't until 1610 that king that the king decided like finally decided to do something about it so he went to Gregory Thurzo, yes, like the dude that was entrusted with Fernick's hair, widow, all that fun stuff, um, to the village, castle, town, whatever, to investigate. Um, apparently, Gregory got evidence from over 300 witnesses. So now these witnesses were either working in the castle, witnessed the torture, saw the bodies with obvious trauma, and obviously not dying from cholera. Um, yeah. And she would also, like, bury them in unmarked graves. Like, sometimes she'd just be like, oh, they went missing. I don't know. And, like, bury them together. Or, like, say she had, like, six girls that she killed. She would put them all in one coffin and be like, oh, it's only one person in there. But I nailed it shut so you can't see it. That's so, like, twisted. She's so fucked. Um, Yeah. So these people that were doing... um, were giving witness statements sometimes they had lost their own child or sometimes they just heard like the rumors so they were just kind of giving their opinion um so he kind of like spoke to everyone uh, they all said the same thing she tortured her victims ate their flesh and bathed in their blood it's basically it <laughs> it's just casual just casual <laughs> um so gregory had sent back all the information to the king on december 12th 1610 and the king ordered gregory to arrest elizabeth 
On December 30th, 1610, Gregory went to the castle and arrested Elizabeth. There was also four other people arrested that apparently helped and took part in this. So actually helped her wow. with these. Yeah. Would they, would they be like working for her basically? Yeah. So I think, so they said they were servants. So my idea would be um, they're servants that worked for her. So either they just like were just as fucked up as she was or they did it to avoid being killed. They Yeah. They also didn't want to die. Yeah. Um, so apparently when Elizabeth was had like, been arrested gregory and the people who went with him to like arrest her had actually found a victim's body in the castle at that time and one victim that was still alive but like tied up so there was like evidence as soon as they got there um elizabeth went through two trials one on january 2nd 1611 and one on january 7th 1611 um she was found guilty for the death of only 80 girls and i say only because apparently (laughs) she killed 650 wow yep elizabeth was placed on house arrest for the rest of her life house arrest for killing (laughs) her life (laughs) yeah but like house arrest for being found guilty for killing 80 girls but actually killed 650 and she gets fucking house arrest that's what she gets um insane yeah she was confined to her room in the castle where she ended up dying on august 20th 1614 at 54 years old so her four um apparent accomplices were all sentenced to be executed and were killed what yeah her accomplices were killed and she got fucking house arrest the justice system has been fucked up for like centuries at this point yeah well she's so high up in like royalty right so they're just like i guess but like come on yeah so some people say that fernick and elizabeth had given the king the king matthias a very large lump sum of money and that the king was like refusing to pay back his debt so elizabeth didn't know that at the time but like the king didn't want to pay back his debt so he was kind of trying to find a way to not have to um so people say that elizabeth was actually incriminated and didn't actually do these crimes but as a way for the king to not have to pay her back he offered her house arrest instead of the death penalty to settle the debts so make it even in some kind of weird way bullshit (laughs) yeah so like hey I don't kill you for your said crimes and you just forgive my debt so I don't have to pay you back. And she was probably like, well, fuck me. Um, It's also said that he didn't like that a woman was ruling the land because she got everything once her husband died and Mm. that she has so much power over him. So he wanted to like discredit her, wanted to get rid of her. And but that's like a whole other can of worms. But (laughs) and then some say she just really was a blood sucking vampire from hell. I believe it. Yeah. (laughs) but yeah she is the most notorious serial killer female serial killer ever i love that and i could be wrong but i think that uh lady gaga's character in american horror story hotel was like loosely based on her she was called the countess yeah it was her yep it was loosely based (laughs) on her yeah i love that i wasn't the best season but gaga was good in that (laughs) (laughs) but i love that though i love that you picked that the second you said what it was earlier, I was like, oh, I know what it is. I couldn't remember, like, the full story, but yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was going to, guys, I was honestly going to do Dracula, but, like, every- know. everyone knows the story. And this girl could be a vampire. I mean, she bathed in the blood. She bit her victims. She wanted yeah. to stay youthful, and she stayed youthful. They said she was absolutely beautiful. Like, she was gorgeous, 
and they don't really know how she died apparently one day in one in her room she went up to the guard and said her hands were like really cold and he was like you're fine just go back to bed or go lay down yeah so she laid down and just didn't wake back up and she died interesting yeah so. lack of blood baths yeah maybe? i was gonna say lack of her blood bath that's exactly yeah it. yeah so the only other explanation there um and i say this because you said that she had seizures mm-hmm. um extreme mental illness yeah that too that's yeah she's either a vampire or very very ill yeah and her <laughs> husband teaching her how to torture people maybe he did it as like a mechanism for her mental health i don't know yeah still well, fucked no, up it uh if she was in if she well okay so she was inbred had seizures i'm guessing that she wasn't you know in in fully sound mind yeah and if she had this guy like showing her how to do things she might not like not that she didn't know it was wrong but she was just like following the lead and then yeah just kind of snowballed yeah and also when she was a kid they put blood of somebody that didn't have yeah, exactly on her exactly. lips so she's like that so that's cures. something that's something that she could have picked up and has now just like have this obsession where she's like blood cures all yeah or she's a vampire oh she's One a vampire. <laughs> it's just crazy that she got house arrest for 650 that deaths. blows my mind that's absolutely bullshit and it took six years six whole years of her bullshit kid. but also think about it 650 girls in six years that's like 100 plus a year that's insane that's absolutely like, how insane. do you how do you get away with that result i don't i don't know that was good though i'm very glad you picked that one okay thanks um and with that more murder (laughs) our fellow spookies have you ever wondered if your house is haunted if so it's time to say hello to bump in the night this october the haunted walk is inviting you to take part in a massive paranormal experiment the haunting at home is an online interactive audio experience you can do right in your own house apartment or a creepy cabin in the woods this ghostly adventure will challenge you to conduct a series of paranormal experiments in the dark it's a perfect night of spooky fun if you love ghost stories or enjoy the thrill of trying to contact the other side and just for our very own spookies you can receive 20 percent off if you use our code spooky hour that's right 20 percent off for you lovely spookies just go to hauntedwalk.com slash the haunting and use code spooky hour for 20 percent off happy haunting murder i like this today's episode is hella murdery and i'm here for it um so we've made it to the number two spot in my true crime. my true crime. true time one day i'll be able to say true crime today is not that day <laughs> uh so we've made it to the number two spot in my true crime countdown um so this one is probably the most iconic mm. true crime case of all time i'm so excited i think i know There's- what it is <laughs> there are still heated debates to this day as to what happened almost 24 years after the crime occurred, uh, and it's mostly because this case still remains unsolved. I'm going to start this episode off with my argument. If you think anything other than the brother did it and the mother covered it up, you are dead wrong. Number two on the Spooktober True Crime Countdown is the tragic murder of Jean Benet Ramsey. I was going to say, as soon as you said it, I'm like, the brother fucking did it. <laughs> Yeah, the brother fucking did it. Uh, allegedly, uh, not officially in court. Allegedly, he's known to sue. <laughs> right. So everybody knows this one. Everybody loves this one. Well, okay, love again is a terrible word to use there. Um, it's 
it's huge. It's a big one. And I literally didn't know what to do with myself. This was 10 pages long (laughs) the first time I wrote it out. (laughs) And uh, for reference, three to four pages is about half an hour. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to be here. So we would have been here all week. Uh, So let's get into it before I am here for a week anyways. Um, So JonBenet Ramsey was born on August 6th, 1990 in Atlanta, Georgia to parents Patsy and John. She had an older brother named Burke, who was nine at the time of her murder, and two other half-siblings from her father's first marriage. Uh, Interesting fact that I learned, um, John actually lost one of his other children from his first marriage right after JonBenet died. Oh, I know that. Because of the, so it was, a, I believe it was a car accident, but because of the situation around John Bonet, they like looked into the dad anyways to be like, did you arrange this car accident? Blah, blah, blah. Like they had suspicions about him, okay. about this other death as well. Oh, wow. Uh, nothing, nothing ever came of it. It was probably just a car accident, but interesting fact that I actually didn't know. Um, so her father, John, was a multi-million dollar businessman, and her mother, Patsy, was a former beauty queen, holding the title of Miss Virginia, 1977. Good for her. Uh, they, they lived a very lavish life. Lavage. They lived a very lavish life and had a lovely mansion in Colorado, and they spoiled their kids with anything they could ever want. John Bonet followed in her mother's footsteps and was already a successful pageant girl at the young age of six. Her photos are notorious. They feature her giant sparkling blue eyes and her bright blonde curls, always done up in true 80s fashion, nice big hair. Uh, the pictures are so iconic. Everyone they really knows are. her face. Yeah. Um, she looked almost like a doll or like a young Hollywood actress, and she stole the hearts of everyone around her, uh, both pre and post death. I think part of the reason this case became so huge were these pictures that came out she looked like this perfect little doll you know what i mean um so into the actual crime itself on december 26th 1996 the ramses woke up early in the morning to prepare for a trip uh when patsy headed down the stairs she found a note at the bottom of her staircase uh when she picked it up and read it the whole world seemed to spin around her it was a ransom note demanding one hundred and eighteen thousand dollars for the return of their beloved john bonnet uh, she ran to JonBenet's room to confirm that she was, in fact, missing. She was not in her bed like she should be. Um, the note warned that her daughter would be killed if the Ramses contacted police, but she phoned them immediately anyways. Um, as we all should know by now, this 911 call ended up being a strange piece of evidence, and I'm going to tell you why a little bit later on. Uh, police arrived just before 6 a.m. and found no signs of forced entry. There were several flaws in the initial investigation, most notably that they never even bothered to look in the basement. It's so um, weird. That's so weird. <laughs> they uh, they had taped off Jean Benet's room, but left the rest of the house open, so people were walking in and out of the house all day for hours, uh, damaging any potential evidence. And it was also said that like a lot of friends and family showed up because the Ramses were like very popular people. Mm-hmm. So people are just tramping through this crime scene. Um, they Casual actually also work. yeah. Casual. They um they divulged evidence to the Ramses, which doesn't seem problematic at first but since they later became suspects this was like a huge no-no yeah so they would like go oh hey look we found this to the parents who were like technically not considered people of interest at the time but like you still don't do that no you don't um at around 1 p.m. that same day, the police instructed the Ramses to walk around their home and try to see if anything seemed odd or out of place. Again, a weird move. Um, conveniently, the first place John Ramsey searched was the basement, where he ended up finding Jean Benet dead on the ground. He removed a 
piece of tape from over her mouth, picked her up, and carried her upstairs. In doing so, he damaged the crime scene and potential evidence. Um, also noted, she was, I believe she was under a blanket or a sweater or something, and he moved that as well. So he just went in there and fucked everything up. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, his mind, if, he, like, like, in perfect, well, not perfect scenario, but, like, had absolutely nothing to do with it as, like, a parent's instinct, I feel like he didn't mean to like ruin the crime scene he was just like oh my god my oh daughter. absolutely absolutely but it, given the circumstances it, i i don't think he was involved to be honest um we're gonna get into more of that later i don't think it was him but he, he fucked it up <laughs> and also like the cops should be doing that not the parents but here absolutely we are. yeah and they never looked in the basement they the, why would you look in the basement looked. that makes too much sense <sighs> So anyways, um, like I said, JonBenet was found under a blanket and her hands were tied by a cord. She had suffered a blow to the head as if she'd been struck by an object. And she was strangled with a makeshift ligature made from a a rope and a piece of broken wood. If you Google the word garrot, G-A-R-R-O-T-E, you'll see exactly how this looked and how it worked. So like the wood was at the back and it kind of like they like cranked it so that the rope would tie almost oh my god it's morbid i'm sorry um it's very like like medieval it is yeah so allegedly pieces of this same wood were found in other areas of the body along with dried blood that would indicate that she was sexually assaulted with this wood before her death i only saw that in one article though and not in the i read the autopsy oh gosh it was not in the autopsy but i read it that's what i did at work the other day oh my god i hate me you're like um, casual casual work stuff so i did i did see in one article that there were pieces of wood found that would indicate that she was assaulted with this object but i don't know how true that is um so allegedly um the findings could not confirm rape but the autopsy did confirm sexual assault um important to note there was no semen found on the scene but she had allegedly been wiped clean in her private area around the time of her death so that would remove any Any evidence evidence. um allegedly some of these signs of sexual assault were consistent with being repeatedly assaulted over a long period of time insinuating that she was insult insulted insinuating that she was assaulted for long before her death so like years before her death wow Um, we're gonna go into this a little bit later as well because there is more unfortunately the strangest finding which somehow became a large piece of evidence in the public's eye was the small amount of pineapple found in the young girl's stomach Uh, her parents denied giving her pineapple that night saying she went to bed after a christmas party they had hosted but a bowl of pineapple was found on their kitchen counter with their son burke's fingerprints on it the Ramses claimed that Burke was asleep in his room all night and did not wake, but the evidence clearly suggests otherwise. Um, there was a boot print found next to JonBenet's body, which did not belong to anyone in the family, and there was also a broken window in the basement, which was believed to be the most likely point of entry for an intruder. Uh, but we're going to get into that later, too. That stresses me <laughs> it, out so bad. I'll, I'll talk about it, it later. <laughs> I'll talk about it later. Um, Additionally, there was DNA from drops of blood from an unknown male found in her underwear. So that was odd to me. Um, The Ramses willingly gave DNA and and handwriting samples, which cleared John and Burke, but left an ominous question mark for Patsy Ramsey. Her handwriting wasn't an exact match for the ransom note, but it was close enough that police had suspicions about her involvement in her daughter's murder. 
Um, their suspicions grew as more evidence was found regarding the note. So the ransom amount was kind of strange. $118,000. Uh, typically, people would round it to like 120000 Yeah. Um, but it was later discovered that John Ramsey had received a bonus at work, and that bonus check was exactly $118,000. Oh, I didn't know that. That's so weird. Yeah. So a coincidence, maybe, but a very weird one at that. That's a very, like... That's a stretch to be a coincidence, you know? Yeah. Yeah. How do you know that they have exactly that much money? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. make it $120,000, and I'll believe that you don't know them. Yeah. But, um, so the paper that the note was written on also came from the Ramsey's homes. Um, and most damning of all, it was written with one of Patsy's pens. Oh, okie dokie. So weird. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. Um, so the family had interviews with the police, with nine-year-old Burks being the most interesting of the three. He was oddly calm and sort of callous when he was speaking to the officers, um, even stating that his mother was, quote, overreacting on the day of his sister's death. What? Um, he even laughed. There's videos, clips to this day uh, circulating the internet, and it's kind of creepy where he's just like, he's just like giggling through the interview, being like, my sister's dad, ee! Like, it's just, it's... You're unnerving crazy. <laughs> yeah it's unnerving um the ramses were never officially suspects in the case but police put out a statement saying that they were quote under an umbrella of suspicion after this the family declined to participate in any further interviews with the police unless they were allowed to examine the evidence themselves beforehand which is not sketchy at all that's not how this um, fucking works like no <laughs> um so despite the evidence uh no suspects were brought in or charged and the case started to grow cold although it was very much still a hot topic for the public it still is to this day um in 1999 three years after the murder uh, Boulder County District Attorney put out a statement saying no indictments will be issued due to lack of evidence. That same year, a, a Colorado grand jury voted to indict the Ramseys on child endangerment and obstruction of murder investigation charges. However, the prosecutor felt that this evidence uh, didn't meet the beyond a reasonable doubt standard and they declined to prosecute. So after that case was dropped, the Ramseys fled back to Atlanta to avoid public backlash, but also released a book to be super low-key yeah super low-key let's just release a book. Um, it's fine so interesting fact about that last statement i said um this didn't come out until years later i actually want to say it was like 2013 that this news came out so they kept this whole indictment super hush hush okay uh, because they were already facing so much public scrutiny they didn't want people like showing up at their houses and killing them i guess um but this did happen in 1999 and was not revealed to the public until 2013 i believe that's a really long time <laughs> it is yeah um, so four years after they moved back to Atlanta, Patsy died of ovarian cancer, taking whatever secrets she had with her to the grave. That's sad. Um, so, okay, I'm an awful person for saying this, but I believe in karma. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe she was involved. And I'm just saying that. In 2003, um, investigators <laughs> managed to put a DNA profile together using evidence found on JonBenet's body. This profile was uploaded, uploaded into a database, but it had no hits, which technically ruled the Ramsey family out as they had already given DNA samples and it would have matched if it was one of theirs. Um, in 2008, a new Boulder District attorney named Mary Lacey formally apologized to the Ramsey family and publicly ruled them out as suspects really uh yeah i'm kind of upset <laughs> in 
So the biggest break in the case came in 2006 when 41-year-old John Mark Carr was arrested in Bangkok, Thailand. He was under arrest for an unrelated sex crime which took place in Thailand when he, quote, confessed to killing John Bonet. Uh, he claimed that he was in love with this six-year-old child and had accidentally killed her when he drugged her and sexually assaulted her. Uh, he was later found innocent as his story didn't quite add up. There was no drugs found I in JonBenet's system. No drugs. <laughs> yeah. And later, his ex-wife, Laura, had confirmed that the then-couple were in Alabama on the day of her murder, which took place in Colorado. So, in my opinion, I think he was just a pedo who had, like, a weird fascination with John Bonet's story and wanted to, like, put himself into that story. Um, but so very weird. weird. Yeah. Um, and then again, in 2019, 54-year-old Gary Oliva had also confessed to the killing of Jean Bonnet, but his story is a little bit more convincing than Mr. Carr's. Um, the suspicion around Gary started back in 1996 when he called his friend Michael Vale late at night on December 26, which is the day Jean Bonnet's body was found. Uh, he told his friend, quote, I hurt a little girl. When Michael pushed for more information, Gary only told him that it happened in Boulder, Colorado and nothing more. When the headlines started to come out about JonBenet being murdered on December 26th in Boulder, Colorado, Michael immediately called the police to tell them about his strange phone call with his friend. He never really heard back from officers, and the lead was never really followed. Um, this whole case is just great police it's work. Just it's absolutely a, fabulous. They just shit and slid in it, man. <laughs> <Literally>. um, <laughs> in 1996, Gary was a registered sex offender who lived close to the Ramsey home, and he reportedly attended a candlelight vigil shortly after Jean Benet's murder. Um, true crime nerds know it's incredibly common for a suspect to return to the scene of the crime for some sort of, like, sick satisfaction. So, so the fact that he showed up at a vigil is kind of kind of sets off some alarms in my head yeah um despite receiving several tips boulder uh police didn't consider him a suspect until the year 2000 when he was arrested on unrelated charges and police found several photos of jean benet including the autopsy photos that had been leaked to the press what the fuck? Uh, a poem he had written called ode to jean benet and a stun gun among his possessions. Um, so note on this, several investigators back in 1996 had theorized that a stun gun uh, might have been used to, to like, subdue her okay. on the night of the murder based on, like, a marking found on her back. So the fact that he had a stun gun was, like, alarming to them. But I'm also going to get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, so fast forward to 2019 again. Gary was in prison serving a 10-year sentence for possession of child pornography. Surprise. Um, he wrote letters to his old pal Michael where he confessed, quote, I never loved anyone like I did Jean Benet, and yet I let her slip and her head bashed in half and I watched her die. It was an accident. Please believe me. She was not like the other kids. He continued, and a little warning here. This is a little bit stomach-turning. Quote, Jean Benet completely changed me and removed all evil from me. Just one look at her beautiful face, her glowing beautiful skin, and her divine god body, I realized I was wrong to kill other kids. Yet by accident she died and it was my fault. Um, so lots of wow. fucked up shit going on there. Um, I don't think any six-year-old has a god body. Um, and uh, he seemed to have confessed to murdering other children. I was going to say he just confessed to killing. Yeah. Nothing ever came of that. As far as I know, he's up for parole this year. Oh um, my God. What, 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 what are the cops doing down there? Are they all I just have high? No idea. Colorado, so, you guys just high all the time? 
Like, come on. I mean, it's legal there. It's one of the few states. Yeah. (laughs) So he was ultimately ruled out as the DNA found on the scene did not match his. Um, His confession was stronger than Mark's, but I still think he was just an obsessed, creepy pedophile fan, to be honest. Like, it, it seems like he might have done it, but I don't know. The whole, like, having pictures and stuff thing... I don't know. I think he was just more of a creepy pedophile, yeah. to be honest. Um, so I have some theories for you to end this off. Um, as we all know, to this day, this case remains open and unsolved, but the theories are just raging on still. Um, I'm going to go over a few of the more popular theories for you. Um, so firstly, the Ramsey family as a whole are all super sketch. Their uncooperative nature with the police is only the tip of a creepy iceberg. Um, so there were some rumors of sexual abuse in the Ramsey home. I would just like to say that these are all allegations and not proven in court. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there was allegedly evidence found during the autopsy that showed Jean Benet had been assaulted more than once in her short life, but that wasn't the only red flag. Both Jean Benet and her brother Burke had signs of abuse, not physical bruises or anything, but just like strange behaviors. Um, Jean Benet was a frequent bedwetter, and Burke allegedly left poop all over the house, and he would, quote, smear it on the walls or leave it in Jean Benet's room, and psychologically psychologists what even is that word i was like what is that word (laughs) psychologists have said that these could be telltale signs of long-standing abuse in the home so was jean benet killed by whomever was allegedly assaulting these children maybe it wasn't burke maybe burke was a victim this whole time yeah and that would explain his odd behavior both as a child and an adult we're gonna get into that too and this is just like (laughs) mental abuse at this point uh yeah so it's yeah it's usually uh when kids start to act out in ways like that especially like a six-year-old they're usually quite potty trained at that time so like bedwetting is like a a red flag um so yeah just interesting notes there um so continuing with the the bedwetting thing it said that patsy ramsey was frustrated with her daughter for not being able to control herself one of the most popular theories is that jean benet had wet herself on the night of the death and there was urine found both on her underwear and on her long johns um and patsy lost her mind and struck her daughter in the head killing her um one theory also states that patsy might have hit her head off of a bathtub while like washing her up or something okay um and then just staged it yeah, so Patsy, possibly with the help of John, then staged the scene to make it look like a kidnapping gone wrong. Um, one clue that pointed th- to this was the piece of wood found on the scene that was tied around her neck. Um, it was discovered that this could possibly have come from a paintbrush in a set that belonged to Patsy that was in the basement already. Okay. So they just kind of, like, made it right there. Um And this paired with the suspicions about the ransom note was enough to convince the public that Patsy did it. Um, the note is the weirdest thing to me, like written with her pen. Um, they said the note was written by a woman based on the handwriting. Um, and something about like the specific wording of the note made it seem like it was from Patsy and also that whole $118,000 thing. That's driving me nuts. Yeah. It was like, Um, you obviously know what he got. So I mean like, yeah. And like the, I I knew about the writing one. I was like, I knew it was like something similar to what her writing was. Yeah. Um, so keeping with this family theme, uh, John Ramsey was also suspected in his daughter's death. Uh, the rumors of sexual abuse in the Ramsey home had John painted as a suspect. Again, these are just rumors. Um, he denied these rumors, uh, obviously as one would. And, uh, so several officers on the scene had reported that John gave them weird vibes, which I don't know if that's enough to convict someone, (laughs) but I mean, we'll go with it. Um, 
Not only did he happen to find his daughter's body in an area house that no one really used, he picked her up and destroyed the crime scene, which again, Danielle said could just be, you know, a moment of grief. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, when officers asked him to walk around the house for ev- evidence, he headed right to the basement. Not the bedroom, not the front door, or somewhere where Jean Benet would have played, but he knew the exact location where she was killed. He could- Weird coincidence, maybe. Yeah. Maybe he thought to himself, hey, they haven't gone down there yet. That's what I was just about to say. I'm like, I, like, I don't want to, like, I'm not defending anybody, but at the same time, he might have been, it's- he might have been like, they didn't, they yeah. didn't, they're not doing their jobs, so maybe they didn't check down here. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he did it, but you know we really don't know yeah we just don't i don't think he is the one though um so on top of that he was heard making arrangements to fly quote immediately to atlanta after police had arrived in his defense john said quote there is no history referring to the sexual abuse claims um a person doesn't go throughout their lives as a normal human being one and one night turn into a monster slaughter their daughter go to bed and get out and act normal the next day that just doesn't happen um unfortunately it does just yeah, happen I, was like, I, it does happen. <laughs> I don't think it happened to you but it does just happen um the most popular theory and the one that i personally lean towards and everybody should lean towards uh revolves around nine-year-old burke ramsey several forensic and law enforcement experts as well as internet detectives uh, <laughs> all back this theory um though burke still remains innocent and not a suspect to this day uh the theory says says that burke accidentally killed his little sister in a fit of rage the strongest theory is that she took pieces of pineapple from his bowl which had his fingerprints on it yeah and he became uncontrollably angry at her for this um so there was a flashlight found in the kitchen that was said to fit the wound in the back of jean benet's head perfectly um and then the wound on her back that investigators originally thought came from a stun gun actually matched a toy train set that belonged to burke um, so the theory here is that he hit her in the head with the flashlight and then used the train set to sort of like poke her to see if she was alive, not realizing like how hard he had hit her. Yeah. And then that's what left the mark on her back. All because um, she ate your fucking pineapple, bro. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm not defending him, but if he was also being abused. That's fair. And well, he had like a fair, fit but... of rage. You know what I mean? Like, so to me, if he did it, this could have all been solved with like you know call 911 hello my son just accidentally killed my daughter he goes to juvie for a couple years get mental health help and he would have been like out and free by now but instead (laughs) all these years later we still don't know again allegedly theory hypothetical not real um i'm just gonna say that a lot because he has sued people before has he actually he has um mostly big networks and stuff if he manages to find us and sue us I fight mean, me bitch me. i don't literally care fight like, me. and if anything i'd be honored right <laughs> after this it's alleged that john and patsy staged the kidnapping to protect their son which would explain why the ransom note appeared to be written in written by patsy and why the ramses were so uncooperative with police they didn't want the police to investigate because it would mean losing their last living child um Earlier, I mentioned the 911 call was a damning piece of evidence for the Ramsey family, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why now. So, Patsy thought that the line had disconnected from the 911 operator, and she proceeded to have a conversation with what sounded like three other voices in the room. Audio engineers cleaned up the recording the best they could, and they deciphered the following. John Ramsey saying, quote, 
we're not speaking to you. Then Patsy asking, quote, what did you do? Followed by, quote, help me, Jesus. Finally, it sounded like the voice of a child, which investigators claimed must have been Burke, asking, quote, what did you find? So the rumor is that Patsy and John were scolding Burke for what he had done, or perhaps uh, Patsy was asking, what did you do to John? Either way, it ended up being a big piece of evidence because it was so bizarre i was like i remember hearing it and wasn't it just like they were mad but it was like a casual like what did you do no she was um she sounded like distraught she was like oh my god what did you do like help me god what did you do like it sounded like she was distraught yeah um okay so in my personal opinion she was talking to burke yeah um and, you know, John saying, we're not speaking to you. Burke probably came in the room and said, what you doing? And John was like, I'm not fucking talking to you right now. Like, so suspicious piece of evidence. Um, and, no- and nothing came from that? Like nothing, nothing. came? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what so the, fuck? the smallest piece of evidence that investigators allege proved that the crime was a cover up uh, goes back to this window that you hated. Oh, God. Um, let me start on that fucking so- window. <laughs> there were spider webs and debris around the window where the alleged intruder broke in, um, but all of the debris remained unmoved. If someone had come through that window, unless they were like a super spy, they would have moved, like they would have broken the cobwebs, they would have seen like a mark in the dust, but it was left just as dusty and spiderwebby as it was before. That's it, you guys. She was uh, killed by a ninja. That's it. <laughs> we solved we it. We solved it. That's it. <laughs> Uh, so again, the family were never official suspects in the case, but there's a lot of sketchiness happening here. In 2016, CBS aired the case of JonBenet Ramsey, which implied her then nine-year-old brother Burke was the killer, despite the fact that he was cleared by DNA evidence and proved the existence of an intruder with the whole window thing. Mm-hmm. Personally, I think the whole like the boot print and then the blood from another man. I think someone came and helped the family yeah maybe it was like a scary party. guy yeah you know what i mean so i think someone helped the family personally um so burke ended up filing a 750 million dollar lawsuit against cbs for defamation for the record burke i ain't have that you're never getting that from no. me <laughs> not even close <laughs> The case was settled in 2019, and while the terms of the settlement were not disclosed, his lawyer stated that the case was, quote, amicably resolved to the satisfaction of all parties. So it sounds like he made some money. Um, See, that's so annoying because, like, people are entitled to their opinion and what they think about this case. And, like, you just have to word it very carefully. You do. I think that's, like, the most annoying part about this all. Yeah. Um, in September of 2016, Burke, who was 29 at the time, appeared on the Dr. Phil show in a strange attempt to proclaim his innocence. Stop. Did he actually? It, oh, yeah. This? It's it's up there. You need to watch it. Um, it entirely backfired because he had this, like, creepy grin the whole time. And again, he laughed his way through the interview just like he did in 1996. Um, he, he sounds just- crazy. <laughs> Yeah, he looked unnerved, like he looked not right, um, and he did not sway the public opinion at all, and instead people used this new odd behavior as further proof of his alleged guilt. Um, it's If you haven't seen it yet, do watch it. It's very unnerving. I'm going to watch um, it right, right after this because I didn't even know <laughs> I this. I believe you. <laughs> 
So some non-familiar theories uh, include an electrician named Michael Helgoth, which, what a last name. Yeah. Helgoth. Helgoth. <sighs> if he was alive, don't marry him. <laughs> um, so he worked nearby at a car scrapyard, and there's allegedly some bad blood between him and the Ramses about property or something like that. Okay. Um, which could have been possible motive to kidnap their daughter. A shoe print found near the home was a close match, but not an exact match to one of his work boots. Um, when police announced that they were narrowing in on a suspect, Michael committed suicide. Oh, shit. Um, he was never re- indicted, and he remains innocent post-death. He was never considered a suspect or anything. But I'm wondering if perhaps he was the one who allegedly maybe helped the family. That's what I was, I was just about to say that. I'm like, what if he's the one who helped the family? Yeah. And then, if, you know, he got nervous he, and thought it was going to be turned around on him. So, yeah, it's very interesting. And uh, this is another thing that I didn't know before researching the case. I'm a terrible true crime fan. <laughs> so another one who is not part of the family is the Ramsey's housekeeper, Linda Hoffman Pugh. I want to be that rich that I get a fucking housekeeper. Right? Um, So she had worked for the family for several years, and her husband, Mervyn, was a handyman for the Ramsey family. Um, So they were all quite close, and Linda had a key to the house and therefore would not need to force entry into the home. This theory suggests that the housekeeper led Jean Benet downstairs into the basement that night in an attempt to trick her employers into leaving money for her ransom. So it's possible that she could have seen John Ramsey's pay stub for $118,000, and that's why that was chosen as her her demand, because she was their housekeeper. She probably, like, sorted their mail or whatnot. You know what I mean? Um She's around them all day. She could have even heard like a conversation or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, So Patsy Ramsey claimed uh, to investigators that Linda was struggling for money and asked for a loan of several thousand dollars to which Patsy declined, which is like kind of shitty. This is your housekeeper of several years. And she's like, you don't pay me enough and I'm about to lose my house. And they're like, eh. (laughs) like continue cleaning but anyways um so linda testified in front of a grand jury for a total of eight hours during this she made a statement against patsy that read quote i think she had multiple personalities she'd be in a good mood and then she'd be cranky she got into arguments with john benet about wearing a dress or about a friend coming over i had never seen patsy so upset so she kind of spun it around in court and was like "Mm -mm, you're looking at the wrong person yeah so now I'm going to get into, uh, well, I mean, I put it's a fun note, but it's it's not really fun. It's just my sick kind of fun. Um, so there are some wild conspiracy theories about this case, uh, as if it wasn't wild enough on its own. I, like, it's so, so I wanted fucking to go- wild. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, I wanted to go through a couple of these series just for shits and giggles. Um, I don't believe any of them. Don't take them too seriously, but I just want to be lighthearted i guess i don't know i'm trying you guys (laughs) Uh, so the wildest theory of all is that the whole murder was a scam and jean benet is actually alive right now and is none other than pop star katy perry shut the fuck up is that (laughs) actually a thing it was a huge thing um so if you look uh, look at pictures of the two side by side you can kind of see it but i mean at the same time they're both blonde with blue eyes like it's you know, put a picture of baby you beside baby Jean Bonnet. It might look the same. Baby, baby me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, this stemmed from a YouTube video that came out in 2014 where someone compiled evidence and it sort of like spread like wildfire. It went viral a little bit. Um, so this video had uh, showed pictures of similarities between the the Ramsey parents and Katy Perry's parents, uh, different pictures of Katy and Jean Bonnet, and just like weird little coinkydinks that 
allegedly proved that this was a cover-up you guys holly has um, rolled her eyes like 17 times <laughs> while talking about this and it's so funny because it's like it's just such a reach they're like Katy perry had blonde hair and blue eyes and john bonnet had blonde hair and blue, blue eyes, eyes. I can't fucking stand society. Like, what the hell? (laughs) Um, So there's still several YouTube videos to this day that are trying to make the connection between these two, but the original one was eventually taken down. Um, The fact is... Katy Perry was probably sick of it. She's like, fuck off. She actually, yeah, she tried to, like, make a joke about it at at uh, an award show, and people, like, gave her shit for it, but it's like, come on. Like, what else is she going to do but laugh at it? Yeah. Um, uh, so the fact is, Katy Perry was very much alive and already 12 years old when Jean Bonnet was killed. Uh, she released her first album in 2001 under her birth name, Katie Hudson, when she was 17, and Jean Bonnet would have only been 11 at the time. So it just doesn't add up as fun as this theory is. We love a good Illuminati theory, but this ain't it. Anyone with blonde um, hair and blue eyes, you are now Jean Bonnet. That's just how it's Wow, works. I found Jean Bonnet. I'm FaceTiming with her right yeah, now. Yeah, you guys. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Hello. <laughs> so this last theory isn't very much fun, unfortunately, but this theory states that uh, Jean Bonnet was actually brought into the child trafficking ring, oh, allegedly spawned by Jeffrey Epstein. Um, so there's a photo that can be found on the internet that's, it, it's said to be the last known photo of Jean Bonnet, but it's actually not. Um, it is a real photo of her, but the, the last known photo of her was from her family's Christmas party the night before she was murdered. Okay. Um, so in this photo there's a woman who resembles epstein's gal pal Ghislaine maxwell and the theory That's is so further quote proven when internet uh, when internet detectives discovered that ramsey's or that the ramsey's and Ghislaine were both represented by the same law firm which i guess means they must know each other in the world's eyes okay um so there's not much evidence uh behind this theory that's kind of where it ends is like oh it looks like Ghislaine's in a picture with her child trafficking yeah um that's also kind of creepy though like kind of possible like a little bit possible again I don't really believe it but a wild theory nonetheless um so uh we all know my opinion I definitely think that the brother might have done it in my opinion um, I think it, it was accidental and I think it was a matter of the parents just freaked out and covered it up and had they not this probably would have been much easier for everybody involved because you know what it. you guys you know who um I know they tried to blame the housekeeper because she had a key to the house you know who else has a fucking key to the house the people that live there yeah <laughs> the people already in the house yeah. maybe I don't know I don't know guys but <laughs> I don't know. I I heavily believe that it was someone in the family. Um, I also do believe uh, now, like, doing more in-depth research on it, that they had help from an outside source. But yeah, that's it, man. That's number two. That's John fucking Benet crazy. Ramsey. Um, yeah, it's it's was probably the first true crime case I had ever followed because uh, I was a child when it happened. Yeah. And I just, I remember it vaguely. And then I remember like in 1999 when there were updates and my parents talking about it. So it's, uh, yeah, probably the first case that I ever got into. I think it's, uh, I think she's Katy Perry. That's just it. That's, that's it, man. That's, it, that's it. Danielle solved it. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get over that. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> that but- means though that, Next week is the last week of Spooktober. I know, you guys. It's already here. So my number one's coming up next week. If you guys know what it is, just just fucking say it. <laughs> just comment on one of our posts. You know it. We all know what it is. Come on, you guys. Did Danielle drop a hint this week? Uh, no, I didn't. No, no, I'm not okay. even. I'm not giving you guys hints. You don't get one this week. 
but you started and then it's off fair <laughs> yeah i'm here to ruin your life that's it um so again uh we had a great experience with the haunted walk the haunting at home that was dropped on thursday which was yesterday but like five days ago if you're listening to this yep um so make sure you listen to that uh it was super fun we loved the experiment um again code spooky hour for 20 percent off yeah go check them out it was <laughs> and- actually a lot of fun you guys it was we had a great time um it was spooky it was fun we highly recommend it um also make sure you check our instagram for that contest you could win a cute little beanie there's a picture of it there yep and with that danielle where is our instagram we um (laughs) it's somewhere on instagram it's a spooky hour podcast we can also find us on twitter at spooky hour and you can send us emails if you want to chat that way or if you have any suggestions for episodes that you want to hear um you can send in your spookies tales as well uh it is the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com and that's it that's it come hang out with us share your jamine theories with us yeah we love good theories we know you love this one we know it yeah me and holly have Um, the same theory on that so yeah i mean it's i mean come on yeah like i said if that's not your theory you're wrong (laughs) (laughs) but thanks for hanging out with us uh happy spooktober next week is freaking halloween it is oh my god you guys and i don't know we have we do have one last surprise for you actually two last surprises kind of technically technically um and then i don't know if we uh i'm gonna dress up for halloween are you dressing up uh i want to but i just don't know what i'm gonna be yet okay so we'll post our costumes on halloween and stuff too please continue sharing yours with us we're loving loving them it's so they're awesome (laughs) i freaking love october you guys (laughs) and we love you with that stay stay spooky spooky. Bye. bye